This is the Movie Hall of Fame for Thursday, April 22nd, 2021. And there he is across the table from me, the Razzie to my Oscar, Adam Hall. I always know how the Razzies are thinking. I'm really the king about that. I don't know anything about what the Oscars are thinking, but I definitely understand those Razzies. Adam, it's Razzie week. Yeah. And it's Oscar week. Yes. (laughs) Love it. Which you more excited for? Uh, God, good question. I guess the Razzies, honestly. Yeah. I think I'm more excited for the Razzies just because of uh, why is this a thing? And if I win, then we're going to do one of my movies. Yeah. And that's always fun. Go listen to this week's Why Is This a Thing. We predicted this year's Razzie winners with no research whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the least prepared I think we've ever been for that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Oscars are this Sunday, so uh, we have to do some sort of an Oscar preview. In the past, we have talked about each one of the best picture nominees in a sort of long form discussion Mm -hmm. this year. I had a slightly different idea um, that I think was a a pretty fun thought experiment. (laughs) At least I had some fun with it. I don't know how you felt. Oh, I had some fun with it. I think it's a much better idea than maybe just for this year. It was a much better idea because I, I mean, we've talked about this a lot. I just had no interest in talking about the actual Oscars this year. I don't, yeah, I'm still probably not going to watch it now. It's, tough it's been tough it is first of all the longest oscar season of all time and it definitely has felt that way Mm -hmm. it is now late april and we're finally getting to the oscars last year i think they held the oscars in like mid-february yep so it's been over 14 months since the last time we did this and it's been very exhausting to have an elongated process about movies that are less interesting i think (laughs) than the usual slate of nominees although i do think Given how bad a movie year it was, this was a decent slate of nominees. I don't think they blew it. Dude, I don't know. Like, like, okay. So the worst year of all time for any year, let's say it wasn't 2020. Let's say it was, I don't know, like 2010. Uh I think no matter what, though, you have you know, the worst year of all time followed by any movies that are at least good. They're going to, you're going to at least say like, okay, they kind of got it right. Right. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's the, the bar is so low at least. And any sign of like niceness or anything that could potentially be good or redeemable is going to feel that much more rewarding, even though any other year I, and I, I've said this already compared to last year. Yes. Last year's Oscar lineup was phenomenal. Stacked. Incredible. Just loaded. Yeah. Yeah. And even like, I don't know, even there, I I would say even in 2018, I didn't particularly like 2018's lineup, but I, I think it's a lot better than this year's. Oh, not even close. Yes. Not even close. (laughs) So I don't know. Low hanging fruit. Yes. I agree with that. I I do think though, in general, like we know what an Oscar movie is. Mm -hmm. We've known what an Oscar movie has been for over 50 years now, right? Yes. And this year, there were a very limited number of quote-unquote Oscar movies. There were no blockbusters and no populist movies. So given that selection, I think they chose the correct Oscar bait movies. (laughs) Good for them. You know what I mean? So (laughs) Good for them. I understand. Low bar to clear. (laughs) But we'll see. I am, and we'll see if you watch it. I don't know. I am somewhat interested to see what Steven Soderbergh does with this broadcast because... Uh, they're trying some different stuff. They're going to not shoot this um, at, at the Kodak Theater or whatever that place is called now. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing it at Union Station in Los Angeles. Okay. And it's going to be like an outdoor thing um, at a train station. And they're eliminating the musical performances. They're not doing those stupid 
songs that no one listens to like that's good at the gym instead mm-hmm. we have to you know watch like i don't know common do another rap song from uh from uh, trial of chicago seven or whatever like we don't need those performances i think they've always like been the weak part of these yeah. shows so they're focusing on the speeches they're focusing on like movie history and okay. the way that soderbergh described it in the hollywood reporter last week this three-hour show is being treated as its own movie <laughs> that's what he said now take it with a massive grain of salt yes <laughs> but it is i don't know i think it's interesting to see a guy that clearly loves movies and that is a brilliant creative mind take a stab at this because i would say for the most part those that have been put in charge of the oscars before are not always the greatest stewards of movie culture oh yes Yes, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I just at this point, I don't know what I'm going to the Oscars for. Yeah, I think that's just my 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 problem with it at this point. Like even last couple of years, even though like I thought the the capping off the decade with Parasite was amazing. Yes, exactly the way they needed to do it. Great Oscars too. Yeah, yeah, it was it was fun. But like I I don't know. I was very even then. I was kind of in and out of that show. I just I I'm I'm over. <laughs> I don't know, getting older, I'm less and less interested in seeing an award show where 50% of the awards go to, I don't know, rapists. And then (laughs) the other 50% (laughs) go to self-righteous, pretentious people who are, you know, painfully out of touch with reality and society. Yeah, I I get it. I am simply watching for spectacle at this point. Okay. (laughs) I am not particularly, like, emotionally attached to any one of these movies. I think for the first time... Perhaps in my lifetime, there is not like a five star great movie that came out. I, I agree. I agree. I think there's like four and a half stars, at least yes. at least one or two four and a half stars. But yeah, no five stars this year. I don't care who wins. Yeah, that's the bottom do I. I don't care I who really wins. Don't. Like last year, I was very invested in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and also Parasite, too. I was very happy for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't have that kind of rooting interest with Nomadland, which is my favorite movie of last year. But even that one doesn't really inspire a lot of enthusiasm and vigor out of the audience. <laughs> no, like, like I've, I've grown to be more interested in like the niche categories, like who wins in editing. Yes. That's what I'm interested oh, in. Oh, I'm very curious about that. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think when Roger Deakins won his first Oscar, I was it. I'm done. I'm like, okay, I can end on this note. No more yeah. Oscars for me. And that's like the most deserved Oscar of that night. Bar none. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know, and it's, I, I don't think I've been as excited for a win since that one. Yeah. Because you pick your wins before going into a show because you see the nominations and you're like, oh, my God, Fury Road's got to beat The Revenant. Oh, fuck, it didn't beat The Revenant. You know, like stuff like that for like best director. I know? think my high point and in hindsight, my low point is when Mark Rylance beat Sylvester Stallone for best supporting actor. That's a good one, though. I understand that yeah. entirely. And I kind of felt the same I way. I think that was the moment when I really tapped out emotionally because it's like this body of like anonymous 90 year old men do not have my best interest in heart you know there's that no oh god no. Like they're yeah. just not looking out for me they're not giving me what i want <laughs> and i can't expect that from them also it's not a better performance it's I, not I, and like, I love him in that movie. i like mark rylance but it's not like, <laughs> that's a great movie yes that's a great movie bridge of spies but like sliced alone and creed is fucking heartbreaking it was right there it's amazing it's perfect no this is what bothers me it's like every year there are like obligatory career achievement oscars that they give out to like gary oldman for uh the churchill movie a couple years ago is a perfect example of this and you roll your eyes and you say oh it would just be cooler if they gave it to bradley cooper here Mm -hmm. um but every once in a while there is a movie that is both or a performance that is both a career achievement, 
clearly just <laughs> for the narrative and nothing else and is also really good and like gets the audience excited. And Stallone was one of those weird performances that fell in the middle of that Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I think this year. Oh, Chadwick Boseman is another one. He's going to win best actor this year. That's another one where like it's not the best performance of the year but I understand why they would do it. And I am also in favor of the sentimentality. Oh, I'm okay with that there. You know that, that, but that's such an exception. Yes. This is, you know, this hardly ever happens. You know, I can only count on my hand. I think my, just one hand, how many times a posthumous award like that has been given, you know? So it's weird. Um, but like I, similarly to me for what you were talking about, like with Michael Keaton, I, that was one of those moments where I'm like, yeah, you guys are idiots. Yeah. I don't know what to say to you. That what what were you thinking? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, they gave it to Redmayne that year, yeah. right? Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah. That's did, a tough look. I honestly honestly it's might a have tough been, hang that movie by the way. That was back in 2014. Yeah. You know, that might have been well, 2015, but that might have been the the first time where I was like, Jesus, these Oscars. I don't know, man. That was like one of the more dispiriting moments for me. They didn't give it to Keaton. They gave Damien Chazelle best editing, right? For Whiplash. Because I don't think he didn't he wants, win anything. He, yeah. Or he, I, he, didn't win I mean. any, he didn't win anything. But Whiplash won editing. Yes. But that was it, right? Yeah. It didn't win like screenplay. And J.K. Simmons obviously won. That was, yeah, well deserved. But yeah, nothing else. Nothing. Right. Yeah, that's a weird one. I mean, Birdman won best picture and best director, which, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. I still think Whiplash is a better movie. But, uh, yeah. But like, again, even the following year, I get why they didn't give it to Fury Road. That was I, never going to happen. But like Spotlight, do you remember? I like Spotlight. I like Spotlight. But I like, like it a lot, actually. But like, come on. <laughs> Wasn't The Revenant that year, too? <laughs> yeah. Even Best Director. I was like, it's a, it's a well-directed movie, but like, I don't know, like the cinematography is elevating that direction. Yeah, no, the, the vistas are really cool. <laughs> exactly. I love, I love vistas. <laughs> I mean, have you seen any of the behind the scenes of what George Miller had to go through to make fucking Fury Road? I know. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so point being, the Oscars have bothered us really all yeah. of our lives. And so we decided to get back at the Oscars <laughs> This week on the podcast by doing the anti-Oscars, Adam Hall. Well, okay, we're doing the anti-Oscars in the purest sense. We're not being cheeky like the Razzies. Yes. We're giving our actual thoughts here, which some of these are a stretch. Don't get me wrong, people. As a matter of fact, many of these are a stretch. It was a tough game. As I really got into the weeds (laughs) here, there were some categories that filled out just like butter. It was fantastic. But uh, yeah, there were some others that were kind of a stretch. So the rules are this. Eight major categories, mm-hmm. um, and there are the big ones, right? They are, uh, you know, best picture, best director, actor, actress, supporting actor, supporting actress, and then we threw in the screenplay and cinematography awards. Yes, yeah, so I have nine. Okay, so nine would yeah, be the nine. number. Um, we went through it, and we came up with an alternative slate to the Oscars. The rules were: you can only nominate a movie in a specific category if it did not receive an Oscar nomination in that same category. Now, if a movie was nominated in, say, Best Actor, but was not nominated in Best Picture, that movie still would have been eligible in Best Picture. Because I had one that was tripping me up. I have one where... Repeat that one. So I had one where uh, one of the actors was nominated for supporting actor, but I nominated in that Uh, movie for actor. I know precisely what you're talking about, and I'm glad you did it. I almost got cute with it um, and did the same thing, but I did not. I did it. You did it twice for that same category for two different movies. Oh wow! I did it because I'm like, what are you doing, shaking them? Okay. (laughs) Um, Oh, that's interesting. 
The same movie you put in that category. Not the same twice. movie. No, two oh. different movies where they these actors were nominated for supporting roles in other award shows too. We'll get there. Okay. And this is where I stretch. We'll, we'll disagree, of course, but we've talked about these movies before. So. Oh, I know exactly. You know where I'm going. About. I yeah. do know. Okay. okay, okay. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that would technically be allowed, I guess, by the yeah the the purview of of um of this game. So. You know, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, for example, yep. Chadwick Boseman was nominated in Best Actor. He was not eligible for our anti-Oscars, but you could have nominated Ma Rainey's Black Bottom for Best Picture or, I guess, uh, Best Cinematography if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, it did not make my list in either, but that is just no. an example. Um, and so we're going to go through it and uh, we're going to talk about these interesting <laughs> these interesting slate of nominees. And then we're going to also declare winners, right? Yes, this should be fun. (laughs) It is going to be fun. I saw 60 movies in 2020, um, but of course, because of the eligibility period, I saw four more movies in 2021 that would have gotten in the Oscar conversation. Okay, I've seen maybe I haven't. As soon as 2020 passed, I stopped adding movies to my list. Okay, I think the last time I added movies to the list, I was at like 45, I think. But I think I've seen a few like. Maybe 15 more since then. Yep. Uh, so I, I just want to apologize uh, in advance. Uh, I did not see some movies that I've heard are very good and might have made my list under different circumstances. St. Francis, St. Maud, French Exit, News of the World, Baccarou, 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 uh, The Nest, The Old Guard, and The Empty Man all come to mind there. Uh, maybe some made your list. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll find out. Let's get into it. Let's start with let's go. Let's go. Best supporting actress. Oh, okay. let's begin here. You know, the award shows like to start in their uh, supporting categories often. So we'll begin. I, I will first read for you the disqualified nominees here. Who here's who was nominated for best supporting actress at the Oscars. Maria Bakalova for Borat subsequent movie film. Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy. <laughs> Olivia Coleman in The Father. The Father. <laughs> Amanda Seyfried in Mank and Yu Jong Yun in Minari. Um, I had some trouble in this category personally. I don't know how uh, yours shook out, but go ahead. Read your nominees. Uh, all right. I, I had. No, I think I came to this one pretty quickly. I had the movies lined up, but like I was I was just deliberating which one should get in, which one shouldn't. But I, you know, I this is we're going to disagree right out, off the bat because my first nominee is Charlene White from Education which is one of the films in Small Axe oh. for supporting actors. Okay. Yeah. She Fair plays, enough. She, Fine. Plays, she plays the mom, and she's absolutely wonderful in that. Okay. So we should say this. Small Axe is eligible for yours? For mine, yes. Okay. Yeah. It was I, not for mine. I, I feel like if I didn't make it eligible, you would have just been throwing it in my face the entire <laughs> podcast. So, hey, Adam, what about Small Axe? I thought, I thought they were movies, huh? Uh, uh, aren't they movies, Adam? <laughs> I see. <laughs> You were just trying to stick it to me. Exactly, I understand. It's exactly right. And I'm going to throw another one on there right, okay. right now. Letitia Wright from Mangrove. Kind of the lead in that, but you go supporting. No, I have another one for a lead. Yeah. Not He's a, wonderful in that movie. Yeah. If yeah, that's what I want. So we'll okay. get there. All right. Uh, <laughs> and now you're going to hate me a little bit. Gina Rodriguez for Conjillionaire. On my runner ups. All right. Yeah. I considered her. I did not put it. I think like she is the best part of that movie. I don't care for that movie at all. Um, and I definitely don't care for uh, what's her face in the lead there. Um, 
but uh, she made my nomination. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't understand what's happening there. But Gina Rodriguez does sort of inject a very like different energy into the movie oh, halfway through that I, I thought was very welcome. Well, it's very necessary, but that's the point, isn't it? Of that movie. Oh yeah. Especially when she comes in. I mean, literally by the end of it, <laughs> that's, that's quite literally the point. Yeah. <laughs> Giving her the energy. Yeah. Um, oh no, she, she is good in that movie. She was on my short list. She's great. Yeah. I, I really was surprised by her, but then again, Deborah Winger for Kajillionaire. That was sort of like, I don't know. Throw really? It, throw it on. I, I really liked her a lot, but okay. yeah, it's it's not my favorite one of those nominees. And finally, Charlene Swanky for Nomadland. Oh, I almost put her on two on my short list, Adam. Wow. I think I did better than you. Swanky <laughs> made your list? Yeah. Oh, she was my number six. Oh, she's wonderful in that. Yeah. Swanky. Go Swanky. <laughs> Norma Jean too, right? Or n- not Norma Jean. Uh, I forget what the other the other woman's name is. But, uh, but Swanky's where it's at. Yeah, both both of them non actors. But the the scene of Swanky uh, talking about the the birds or the swallows, mm, right? It's really beautiful. Yeah, it's just amazing stuff. Uh, wow, that's a good list. I like it. That's Thank you. solid. Um, I had a very different one, and I actually have one that is sort of on the edge. So if you veto me on this, I can I can put a runner up in there. But. Uh, Sarah Paulson in Run. Does that I count? I was thinking about that. Was a runner up for me. Okay, oh, absolutely. That count. Yeah, that's counts. A, but who? Okay, well, mm, who is the lead in that? I would say the daughter is the lead. Okay, and I would say she is supporting. It's tough though. I mean, they sort of sh- they almost share that role, but that's fine. Okay, that's fine. They, I mean, it's literally just them. <laughs> that's a great performance. Okay, crazy performance, but it's a great performance. I, I definitely did sort of um, lean towards hammy performances in my nominees in general I honestly i know you i i knew you would consider that a hammy performance i don't really you it's, don't it's crazy i don't really consider it a hammy performance i think they're a little different okay i mean it's misery that movie is misery yeah <laughs> i mean she's doing kathy bates and misery i would think she's even less hammy than kathy bates honestly uh, okay i believe her a little bit more but kathy bates is great in that don't get me yeah uh okay so that counts uh dylan jalula in shithouse does that count yes okay she is definitely supporting mm-hmm because you can make the argument that she's the lead as well, but eh, yeah. I mean she's the most probably the most important character of that movie yeah. thematically. Yeah, uh, yeah, supporting though that counts. Okay, uh, Tony Collette. I'm thinking of ending things. Okay, interesting. Yeah, interesting. I almost put all four of them in their separate categories, but I decided against it. All right, uh, but she makes the list. Uh, Dominique Fishback in Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh God, she's wonderful Good in one. that movie. Good Just one. like brings so much heart and soul to that. I agree. Um, Damn. In a movie oh. that has two great semi-lead performances, um, you know, again, we'll get into that in a second, but I wouldn't necessarily call those performances warm performances. Mm-mm. Lakeith Stanfield, specifically what he's doing in that movie is removed and cold and calculated. It's and interpretable like a, too. It's hard to really pinpoint what's going on in a very haunting way. Yeah. And it is an effective performance, yeah, no question. Mm-hmm. But um, like you don't really feel for him in the way that say you feel for Leo DiCaprio in the departed. Yeah. And full disclosure, he didn't make my nominate. Was he nominated for anything in the Oscars? Oh, that's what I thought you were talking about. No, he didn't make my list. Oh shit. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. I'll have to correct my notes on that one. Uh Oh, uh Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you didn't do it. Okay. No, no, I didn't go. For all it. right. Yeah. Um, all right. We'll talk about that in a second, but yeah, uh, she's kind of the heart of that movie. I, loved I love her. her. I, I can't believe I, I, I overlooked her. She's great. Um, and my personal winner, by a mile. This was not even close. Okay. Candace Bergen, let them all talk. 
unbelievable in that movie. Okay. Just comes in, <laughs> just nothing but heat. She's one of those performances. She just comes in and throws 99 miles an hour off the bench. Who are the other players in that besides Meryl Streep again? Uh, you got Lucas Hedges. Yes, I know. Um, you got Diane Weist. I like Diane Weist more in that. Yeah. Disagree entirely. Candace Bergen gets all the good lines. Yeah, um, she's w- hilarious in it. Is she? Oh, she was killing me. Uh, she's killing me during God that fucking movie. In this fucking movie, it, it, <laughs> it is. It's one of those performances. It's like, uh, oh, Murphy Brown is in a movie for the first time in thirty years, and she's amazing. <laughs> okay, I was very underwhelmed, but that's fine. Bergen, let them all talk. That's my winner. Who's that's your, your winner. Yeah, who's your winner? Let me look at this. Uh, uh, Swanky. Okay. I respect it. Swanky. I like it. Again, she was on my, my runner ups. Yeah. It's for me, it would either be her or Charlene white, but she, I think I was a little, I a little more touched by a, a, a swanky. Did you consider Olivia cook in sound of metal? I thought about her for a little bit. I, it's funny. I, I went and saw sound of metal in theaters recently with oh, Abby. Nice. She loved it. That's a great theater movie. Yeah, it is. I kind of wish I saw it in the theater. You need, actually. Yeah. Especially the sound man. Yeah. Ooh, was it creepy? Uh-huh. Really good though. Really, really good. I, I, yeah, I was thinking about it. Uh, yeah, she didn't quite make it though. She was like a runner up. Okay. Yeah. Kind of not in enough of that movie. Yeah. That's kind of why. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Allison Janney for Bad Education, uh, Diane Weist in Let Them All Talk was also in my runners up, uh, Talia Ryder mm-hmm. in Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, um, and that's basically it. It's funny you mentioned like not qu- not quite enough of him or her in the movie because that is what happens in one of my categories and I ended up throwing him on the list. We'll get there. What a tease. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I did like a Cloris Leachman thing. You're only in it for five minutes, but you, you made such an impression on me that you get the, the nomination. How unbelievable is she in Last Picture Show? She's perfect in The Last Picture Show. Everybody's perfect. That's yeah. a perfect movie. Yes, it is a perfect movie. The movie has no flaws. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's fantastic. Best Supporting Actor is next. Mm-hmm. Your Oscar nominees. This one they fucked. I have to admit, they really, <sighs> like, I, I think I know where you're going with this one. I know where I'm going, but like, like how did you overlook this Okay. I'm telling you right now, like my list, th- this is, this is where I'm, I just go full Nico. Oh, like that- if you want me, <laughs> I am just dropping all sorts of fucking hot takes on this one. Hot takes. Okay. Get ready. I have the hot take. I'm I about nah, to bring I, the heat. I got the whole game was designed for this category. <laughs> no, I got the hot take. You, you, like th- I think this, this is, I, I, I kind of, I'm 50% on my craziest nomination here. There's, there's a bit of me that's like, no, I'm just kidding. But then there's the other part of me that's like, but yeah, kind of. <laughs> okay. Your nominees for best supporting actor, Sasha Baron Cohen for trial of the Chicago seven, <laughs> who, as you have pointed out in the past is the worst performance in that movie. Fucking terrible. That movie is awful. And also had a better performance this year in another movie or at two. Like he's legitimately better, which is not a movie I love. <laughs> uh, Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah. Probably going to win. Mm-hmm. I think well-deserved. Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. Paul Rassi for Sound of Metal. Who It was a good performance. I was afraid that he would not uh, get a nomination and I almost had to throw him into mine. He was nominated for he, the, the he, he got an Oscar nomination. Yes. Oh, oh, you're going down the actual list. Yeah, this is the actual. Oh, list. oh, 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 gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I was confused for a second. No, I did not nominate Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, and uh, Lakeith Stanfield, mm-hmm. uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, which is uh, the big controversy. 
because he is definitely the lead character in that movie. And I don't really understand what this category fraud is all about. I don't know. So I thought you were going to put Lakeith in lead. Mm -mm. Okay. Because I almost did that. He was a runner up as well. I was kind of, I was really struggling, but I, there was another performance that, you know, meant more to me. So we'll get through it. Okay. Here's my list. Ready? Oh boy. Here we go. Starting out strong. Bill Burr. <laughs> the king of Staten Island. I didn't see it. <laughs> Incredible in that movie. All right. A movie that is not that funny and I would not like endorse it as a comedy, but in the way that a lot of Judd Apatow movies are better dramas than they are comedies. I think this one would have been great as just like a character study drama between uh, like a, a, a guy and his surrogate father. Okay. He's amazing in it. It's like a really like, oh my God, this guy can act performance. Brian Dennehy, Driveways. Didn't see that either. Posthumous performance. Really sweet movie. Um, I wouldn't call it a great movie. I wouldn't have put it in my best picture race, but um, you know, it's a sentimental nomination, but also a well-deserved one. Just like the biggest bear hug of a movie, that one. Yeah. Just yeah. totally sweet. You talk quite glowingly about that one way yeah. back one. Yeah, I know. It feels like three years. Ago. I know it does. <laughs> Lucas Hedges, Let Them All Talk. Again, we won't rehash that. This is where I, I got cute. Chadwick Boseman, The Five Bloods. Okay. I gave him the nomination there. I actually think like that's the performance that's going to stick with me out of Chadwick Boseman more so than the other one. Because it's more spiritual. Yeah. that's a, that, I was kind of thinking the same thing too, in a way. You know, yeah, I agree. Kind of a feat of casting more than a feat of acting. Um, mm, just because true. now you watch that movie and it's like, oh, this guy's literally talking to us from beyond the grave. Yeah, that's, yeah, isn't that so weird? Like it's whatever, something eerie. like this, the timing is always so funny with the movies that come out. Yeah. It's very strange. It's very eerie. Yeah. Um, but that's there. Uh, <laughs> and finally... <laughs> Kenneth Branagh, Tenant. You missed it, man. You missed the nomination. <laughs> I know what you're going to do. I didn't include it because I knew you were going to do it. Okay, thank you. Like, what the fuck's the matter with you? How did you miss it? <laughs> Branagh, baby. Christ. <laughs> All right. Branagh. That's a joke. Although I have a much, much more intense one, I think. That's a, not a, like a great performance, but it is definitely something. Okay. And when I am... Like piling my list, like I want something. There are too many Oscar nominated performances that are just nothing. Yes, I know. Like I think about Francis McDormand this year. Great movie, great performance and everything. But also like that is an empty performance by design. Yep. I and I, I would rather them like nominate actors that are actually doing something. Should she win? I don't know. She might win. I don't know. Yeah. I like her performance in that, but it wouldn't be necessarily be my pick, but that's okay. Bran is doing something, man. He's yeah, hamming it up. I know. I respect I, it. I know. I know. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll, I'll kind of work backwards from, you know, I'll just do it in my order and hopefully it reveals nicely. So uh, starting off, David Strathairn for Nomadland. Yep. Love it. Uh, Richard Jenkins for Kajillionaire. Man, you, Kajillionaire, I, well I really like. I really like Kajillionaire. Wow. Yeah. That, the tone of that movie is just not me. No, I was going to say, it's not for you, man. It's not for me. <laughs> I think it's a really good movie, but it, don't get me wrong. Like, only like about 0.01% of people who see it are going to like it. Yeah, it's a very specific movie. I give it credit for its vision. Yeah, yeah, I do too. So, uh, here's my five-minute wow performance. Tom Burke from Mank. I okay. loved I loved him so much as Orson Welles in that that I I, I couldn't resist. Okay, Just, I think I would have won our list though for Mank as Louis B. Mayer. I'll get there. Uh-huh. 
Uh, Arliss Howard from Meg. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. And finally, Jim Carrey, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> oh, high five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Had to do it. Incredible. Had to do it. Man, yeah, I thought I went out there. You went you went further. <laughs> Don't underestimate Adam Hall. You went further into the abyss on that one. I, I appreciate it. I'm not afraid to go deep. Yeah. <laughs> I went deep last night. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sideways wins. There you go. Sideways wins all awards. <laughs> it's such a great. I line. think Thomas Hayden Church was nominated. Was he? I think so. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. That's a great performance. That, that movie should have won all the Oscars. <laughs> uh, wow. That's an interesting list right there. So, okay. I I, I, I do definitely like Ar- Arliss Howard a lot. That's interesting. You give it two nominations. Thulis, I know you love. Mm-hmm. Explain the Jim Carrey thing to me. Because he's good in Sonic the Hedgehog. Wow. <laughs> and I was I was just going through it and I'm like, oh God, like who who do I have left? And then I found Sonic the Hedgehog. I was like, you know something? Jim Carrey ain't so bad at that movie. I'm putting him on the list. Who cares? It's a fake list. <laughs> I got nothing to lose. Nico will love the take. <laughs> I do. I'm all about takes, man. It's a genuinely good Jim Carrey performance, one that I haven't seen in a long time. So sure. it's like, well, I mean, he's he's always like good, but like this is like a Jim Carrey performance. So okay. I was I was totally in it. Who's your winner? Arliss. It's fucking Arliss. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. Like, it's not even close. I was actually annoyed that he wasn't nominated for wow. real. Wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> He's phenomenal in that. I mean, it's a great one scene. I mean, that scene is probably oh, my no, scene no, no, of no, the no, year. No, 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 There's plenty of scenes with him in the movie. He's actually a bigger presence. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I went I went Chadwick for this one. If I, were to, okay. if I were designing a fake award show, I would give him the Oscar for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Wow. Yeah. That's Arliss, great. Arliss Howard from Mank. Yeah. I mean, I do love him in that movie. Oh uh, he was, of course, on my short list. Um, thought about Bill Murray for On the Rocks for about half a second. Yeah, but it's t- like we've we've done this enough. Uh, if I were to nominate someone from Trial of the Chicago 7, it would have either been Frank Langella or Mark Rylance. OK, those were probably my top two. Um, but, you know, again, that movie has not aged well for me. I mean, um, aged well for a lot of people, but maybe the Oscars disagree. Maybe the Academy. Mm. Who knows? Again, they're, they're doing lots of aging over there. Uh, Matthew McFadden, uh, the assistant, again, kind of not in the movie enough. Uh, Clark Peters for Defy Bloods. Um, I think probably a harder performance. I mean, he's sort of the heart and soul of that movie. His reunion at the end is um, is sort of like the, the main emotional arc. Um, but I, I don't know. Chadwick, I think, was was a more meaningful performance to me. Uh, Dolman, uh, or sorry, Coleman Domingo for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And... Uh, Jesse Plemons for Judas and the Black Messiah. Jesse Plemons. Could have figured out yes. a way to get in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, for I'm thinking of any things, too. Yeah. Both. Works for both. All right. Now what do we do? Where do you want to go now? Do you want to maybe get these little ones out of the way? <clears throat> cinematography? I think so. Yeah, we could do cinematography. I was I thought we were going to do that one first, but... Okay. Um. So your nominees at the Oscars... I think for the most part, okay, although there are two or three egregious ones. Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, News of the World, Nomadland, and The Trial of the Chicago 7, which is not like a well-shot movie. I don't get that one at all. Yeah, no. It looks like, I don't know, like a 
piece of crumpled up paper. Like an a Law and Order episode, right? Yeah, it doesn't look great. I, I hate things that look that artificial to me. It just, eh, no. Yeah. Um, Nomadland's probably going to win because, again, Vistas are cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> Who are your nominees? All right. Starting out strong, M.I. Linton Mentz for The Vast of Night. Oh, I didn't write down the names. Yeah. Sorry about that. Caitlin uh, Arzamendi for Swallow. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Newton Thomas Siegel for Defy Bloods. Uh, uh, Anastos M. Uh, Mikos for The Empty Man. Talk to me about The Empty Man for a second. The Empty Man's wonderful. Okay. And you should see it. Can I handle it? Yeah. Is it like too scary or no? I don't think so. It's cosmic horror. Okay. It's very Lovecraftian. It's basically, without the Lovecraftian monsters, it's basically about that sort of cult that Lovecraft like writes about. Basically, these people that like coax people into believing these cosmic forces and that, that kind of run everything and control everything. And, you know, it's really weird and nihilistic and creepy. And James Badgedale is killing it. You know, I love you, me some Badgedale. No, but it it is that it is that kind of like strange like like they're people dealing with forces that are beyond your comprehension and just to look upon it is is going to drive you insane. Okay. And the whole movie revolves around that strange mythology and you don't realize that it's that kind of a horror movie until like halfway through, you know, cuz you start well, it starts kind of like from what I've heard as like a small town cop investigation type thing, right? Sort of. I mean, it's, there's a, there's a, a, a prologue before that. And that leads you to think like it's some supernatural horror thing. And mm-hmm. it's not, Okay, it goes into like some, again, we're not real world, but some culty conspiracy shit. And it's not a perfect movie. It's very weird though. Uh, and yeah, again, feels like the way Lovecraft's writing feels when you're watching it. So what is it based on? It's based off of uh, a, a graphic novel, I think. Okay. Apparently, it's totally different. It's very, very different. Because that movie sort of came and went. I think it was like a Fox movie, and they shot it before the Disney merger. And then and, that happened. And then Disney just didn't know what to do with it. It, it got caught up in, in, in the, the rift, and they didn't know. And it was like, a, you know, it's like a two-hour and 20-something minute movie. It's a long yeah. for a horror movie. Right. You know, it's about, you know, David Pryor's the director. He worked with shooting David Fincher's behind-the-scenes documentaries on the making of, like, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Social Network, and The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Okay. So he's learned a lot from... Just watching Fincher and you can see it. Oh, interesting. It's a wonderfully directed movie. It's actually a pretty good screenplay. Uh, some fantastic horror set pieces. Uh-huh. There's one in particular with a, with a bunch of cult members walking around a uh, uh, like a burning pole. And that scene is one of the most like spine tingling things I've ever seen. Just the way it goes from you know, like, like comfort to utter <laughs> just terror is unbelievable, huh. you know, cause it starts from like a voyeuristic perspective and then it's completely reversed and you're just like, holy fucking shit. And James Badgedale in that moment could not have been cued better. Huh. It's just, it's wonderful. Yeah. The cult for that movie is, uh, yeah, no, no pun intended, like really building uh, as it should. Yeah. No, as it should. It's a great movie. I think it hit VOD like maybe a month or two ago. And I just started seeing whispers on Twitter of like, Yo, did you see this Empty Man movie? Like, 
uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely curious. It, it's piqued my interest. Yeah. It's it, like I said, not perfect. There's, there's definitely some like plot details and story details that they could have ironed out. And there's times where you could probably get lost, like what's actually happening. Uh-huh. That's sort of the point. They maybe push it a little too far, but, uh-huh. and I'm, I'm still not quite sure about the ending. It's got one of those sort of obvious horror endings to me, but it doesn't really matter. Like the rest of the movie is so satisfying and so not what I expected that, you know, in a good way mm. that, that, you know, I think it's something that deserves to be seen by everybody because you watch it and you just see the craft on display and it's like how did this get buried it's great yeah it, it's it's really a shame that that movie was was forgotten when it came out anyway because yeah. it's really something else cool yeah the empty man that's awesome what else you got all right and finally this is my dumb one but i don't know maybe it's not so dumb uh steve uh anis i don't know how you say his name i don't want to say anus because that's <laughs> not good you know i'll just say steve anus so steve anus <laughs> for color out of space <laughs> Oh, fun. Yeah. 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 You know, pinks are cool. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a well shot movie, but you know, you know, (laughs) I I do. I do know. Yeah. No, I, uh, that's good. I just realized that, uh, man, I might want to make a change here. What? Oh, what'd you do? I might want to call an audible. Well, let's see how it feels. I'll start reading and then we'll see. Okay. Midway through, uh, defy bloods was nominated for me as well. I'm thinking of ending things. I was thinking about it. too. Got a nomination. Uh, Vast of Night. Um, yeah. I mean, just like a tour de force of cinematography. Mm-hmm. If you really want to like learn how to shoot a movie on like a fairly average budget. But again, th- this is the type of movie you need to see. But that's part, again, like sometimes good cinematography is just about what you're able to accomplish. Yes. And that movie blew my mind that it, again, it's, I, I don't care if it's this little low budget movie, like guys, that was the best shot movie I saw of last year. And it kind of oh, wasn't close. Yeah. It was not <laughs> even close. The story of course, behind that is the director of that movie. Um, Andrew Patterson was, I guess like a freelance videographer in Texas. Mm-hmm. And I think he was working for like the Oklahoma city thunder. That was like his gig. He was producing like in-house promos for the Oklahoma yeah. city thunder. Um, just sort of piled this money together over several years and, um, and eventually decided I'm going to make a movie with all of the contacts that I have in the area. And it's going to be very simple. It's just going to be like an old uh, twilight zone episode, very like Spielbergian. Um, And it's going to be about aliens. And like, it's one of those movies where when you are forged in the fire of just like freelance videography, you can learn so much. If you, are open to it, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, Andrew Patterson is one of those guys that sort of came out of the other side um, of what can often be a pretty grueling process, you yeah. know, working for clients like this. And it's such an inspired piece. It's really gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And I assume he's going to get like a Marvel movie or a DC movie or something after this. And I kind of hope that he doesn't like, I kind of hope that he just keeps making like small idiosyncratic stuff like this. Cause it, it really is an unbelievable feat of filmmaking. Not always like a great yeah. movie movie, but um, in terms of spectacle, like this is all you want. And ingenuity too. Yeah. Just total resourcefulness. When you look at like what they were doing to get these shots half the time, yeah. it's just wonderful. And it's also just uh, propelled by just a wonderful script too. He mm. didn't get lazy. You right. know, far too often when you see new filmmakers like this, they, you know, they're cutting corners, I guess. And, you know, they're maybe not utilizing their full potential, but this guy's like, I, I know how to make this work. Or yeah. it's like, I'm not afraid to take these, like, like I was saying, I'm not afraid to put the camera on an ATV and just ride around. Mm. Whereas like there are many cinematographers that would be like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, yeah. Um, I also have the, f- uh, not the just first cow 
First okay. Cow was my nominee. You know, I don't love the four by three aspect ratio all the it, time. It works there. But I think it works there um, and was definitely like a, an immersive sort of experience of like traveling back in time. Uh, and then I had Tenet at the end and I'm going to actually take it out and put Minari in there. Okay. Um, I heard Minari described today as a like Terrence Malick film. And I thought that was kind of interesting because I didn't think that as I was watching it. Mm. Um but like that is just a gorgeous movie that is just drenched in sun. Yeah, I agree. And the shots of just like the kid and his grandmother in blades of grass is like very days of heaven. I and, agree. You know, when I heard that, like it all started clicking for me. It's like, yeah, this is a Malick movie. It's not. I mean, Malick films are the American weird. frontier, baby. They're human, but they're, there's a coldness to a Malick film that's not quite there, even with the cinematography, in my opinion. I kind of see what they're saying. I would just push back on it maybe a little. Okay. Uh, so those are my nominees, and my winner is Vast of Night. Well, it's Steve Anus, of course. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Vast of Night. Vast of Night. That is an appropriate name of the cinematographer in <laughs> a Nick Cage movie. I, I like that movie. <laughs> um, let's get to this category. Okay. Best Adapted Screenplay. Oh. Had some difficulty with this one. I had a, a a lot of difficulty. And again, I nominated one, two, three that I am not totally proud. Well, two at least that I'm not definitely not proud of. Okay. Where I'm like, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, you know, there were not a lot of movies. And this year, there were certainly not a lot of movies based on other things. And like, I think if you look at the Oscar nominations... It makes sense mm-hmm. why, for example, Borat, Borat subsequent movie film would get nominated. Exactly. A movie that was not really written. <laughs> <laughs> like Rudy Giuliani should have screenwriting credit. Should. On this movie. <laughs> That's funny. You know, that's a good point. It was like an improvised movie. Yeah. And yeah. But whatever. Uh, the father. Have you seen the father yet? No, I'll get to it. Interesting movie. Ah, very interesting. Okay. Uh, I think like an incredibly interesting exercise in advertising because that is a movie that was clearly advertised as one thing. And it is definitely not that thing at all. All right. It is not like a warm, cuddly Olivia Coleman and Anthony Hopkins (laughs) learn how to deal with difficulty type movie. It is at times like a psychological thriller. Wow. Yeah. Now, did I love it? I think it's a little too stagey for me. Mm. Uh, it is obviously based on a play and um, there were a bunch of those movies this year and I, I don't think it made the transition as well as the other ones did, but um, really fascinating. And okay. Hopkins gives an unbelievable performance in it. All right. Just like opens the bag of tricks and just empties the fucking tank in it. It's it's very interesting. Uh, Nomadland also nominated there. Uh, again, a movie that was semi-improvised. One Night in Miami, another one based on a play, and uh, a Netflix movie called The White Tiger, which I just watched uh, about three or four days ago. Uh, uh, okay. It's fine. All right. I won't see it. <laughs> yeah, you, you can skip it. It's like a an Indian uh, sort of like melodrama. Uh, Nick Jonas's wife is in it. Uh, and, uh, you know, half of it's in Hindi. And it's okay. Like, it's, I don't know. Like it's a, it's about classism and about like the, the rich and the poor and, but you know, it's, it's just, I don't think as like meticulously crafted as say something like parasite. Okay. And I think I could have used a little more bite in the script, All right. but there it is. <laughs> what are your nominees here? Okay. <laughs> you're going to, 
This is going to be interesting. All right, let's start with the worst. So Richard Stanley and Scarlett Amaris for Colorado Space. <sighs> Read the bottom of my paper. Middle column. What? <laughs> I also nominated Colorado oh, Space. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh no! It's that bad. <laughs> uh, I can't believe you did it. Yeah, I didn't know what to do. I did. I had no idea what to do. <laughs> I mean, it's, Lovecraft is impossible to adapt, right? It's not a bad Lovecraft adaptation, though. No, it's not. And, and, on, no, here's the thing: if you can do a Lovecraft adaptation and it doesn't suck, like if you actually grasp the material, that's amazing. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Like I said, the best Lovecraft adaptation I've seen that's like literally based off of his work was, it was like a silent film about the Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. And it's meant to look like a film from 1922. And yeah. it's like, like, I don't know. I, I, how long was it? It was like 40 minutes long. Uh-huh. Like you, you're, it's impossible. Yeah. It's, it's such a bitch of a task, but like, yeah, the script's not great, but <laughs> No, I don't think it's a bad nomination. I think you did okay. Okay. All yeah. Right, no, right. I, I really don't think it's bad. No. It, it, like, it was definitely my number five out yeah. of five. <laughs> no, I, I, no, seriously. I, I thought, you know, as a feat, like, I think it's more a feat of direction and cinematography is. than it is. it is of writing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you have to give the screenwriters some credit there. Apparently, it's a fairly faithful adaptation of Color Out of Space or The Color of Out of Space, right? Uh-huh. So there's that. Yeah, I, I thought it was fine, you know, in yeah. that way. I like the movie, so. Yeah. Uh, and this is the worst one, in my opinion, maybe even worse than Color Out of Space, The Invisible Man. Not a good script. No, no. I lo- I really like the movie, but it's not a good script at all. No. A uh, lot of plot holes. Mm-hmm. Character motivations make no sense. Dialogue is very stiff. Um, there are things to like in that movie, but yeah, I, I do not care for the script. No, me neither. Uh, and then First Cow. You know, also there. Yeah, it's you know, it is what it is. I wasn't like in love with it, but, you know, I cool guess allegory on capitalism. I thought very quiet, personal allegory too. You know, uh-huh. nothing big about that one. Uh, and then David Pryor for The Empty Man. OK, solid, very interesting adaptation as I've already gone over. So, yeah, good good for you, man. And, you know, I, I it kind of makes me want to see what that original source material is actually like. So mm. but this was an ambitious horror film. And then finally, Charlie Kaufman for I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah. Like these are the categories where you're supposed to nominate Charlie Kaufman, you know, like the Oscars usually have a lot of fun with the screenplay categories and like throw a bone to the weird artsy guys. And like, I'm thinking of anything in a year that that's this week. Like, how does that not get a nomination there? That's kind of insane. Yeah. That was very weird to me. Yeah. Like just the award circuit did not care for that movie at all. No, well, they, 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 even though the critics liked it, right? I I don't know. That's one of those movies that maybe doesn't resonate very well with, (laughs) I don't know, old people. I guess it's a very, it's a difficult movie. It was certainly difficult for me, but it was also like, you know, a good movie. I was able to reconcile the fact that it was a good movie. Mm. And I mean, given what we got this year, I mean, how do you not nominate it for best adapted screenplay? Like again, what else is there? Yep. Uh, well, my list is pretty similar. I'm thinking of ending things. First cow and color out of space all on there. Uh, I threw in bad education, which is this, I guess, technically TV movie. Mm. Although now the lines are getting blurred. It it was, um, initially an HBO films production and, uh, starred Hugh Jackman and Allison Janney. And it's based on this real life story of this corrupt New Jersey, um, high school, essentially. Mm. Um, 
and it's actually a very fun script and a very fun movie. I think normally like that's a subject um, and and type of movie that I have very little interest in, um, but it's good. It's actually very underrated, and I wish that people sort of brought it up more at the end of the year um, because yeah, it, it was one of my favorites of the year. And uh, yes, God, yes, which is this small um, indie production starring uh, Natalia Dyer from Stranger Things. Um, I don't know if it's technically an adapted screenplay. Karen Maine is the writer and uh, director. But usually when the Oscars does this, if a movie was made as a short before it was made as a movie, oh. they'll consider it adapted. Interesting. Even uh, though yeah, they yeah. only made the short to get the movie made. Like Whiplash was an example yeah. of this. Whiplash got nominated for adapted screenplay, even though it was an original idea. Oh, you see what I mean? So it's yeah, kind yeah. of a technicality, but it's annoying. Yeah, so I, I, I get it. I get, you know, I threw by, it on there. going by those technicalities. I might have actually thrown it on original screenplay just for that reason. OK, but it yeah. no, doesn't matter. But I stretched it because I wanted to have uh, five movies that I liked. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> We're all struggling with five movies. When you said five movies, I was like, what? I mean, the only five? runner up I really had here was Birds of Prey. And I, which I don't think of as like a great script. It's not a great script. I mean, I actually, I like the movie, but like, I don't even think of the script when I think about that movie. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that. Who's your winner there? Oh, uh, boy, 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 boy. Hmm. I think you know what mine is. Yeah. You know, I'll give it to David Pryor. Okay. Yeah. And I'm going Kaufman. Which is probably the correct choice. So. Yeah. Best Original Screenplay. Here are your nominees for the Oscars. Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Yep. <laughs> Again, there were like a lot of good nominees yep. that you could have went with. And like, these are just not the best scripts. I'm sorry. Why did they like, and everybody knows this. What, what was up with skipping out on Jack Fincher? I don't know. I truly don't know. That was one of the most baffling. Uh, oh my God. Well, I can't even form my words right now, <laughs> but like, like it's just the worst thing I've ever seen. How do you snub someone that bad? I don't know what happened to Mank this year. I don't. Why did people turn on Mank? I don't know. I still don't get it. They turned on it immediately and somehow it has the most nominations of any movie at the Oscars. And it's not going to win a single one. And of it's them. not going to win a single one. And maybe production design and, this is the category that they decided to snub it in. It just makes no sense to me. It was kind of sick. It really bothered me. Yeah. I was really upset. Why? Because it's, it would be another posthumous award if it won. And what, they didn't want to take that away from Chadwick. I don't, I don't think people really care for that script. I think they kind of find it heavy handed and overly political. And I mean, I don't know. I think it's kind of a miracle of screenwriting. Yeah, I think so too. We talked about this endlessly. It's really good. It's music. That screenplay. It's wonderful. I think, I think what happened is someone introduced the idea of it's, that's a black and white movie shot digitally. So therefore we're going to hate it for the rest of the the year. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I I was, it it really just broke me with the reaction of that movie. Cause I wouldn't say it's universally liked. I think it's pretty mixed at this point. Oh, not even close. Yeah. Yeah. I I would say in certain circles, it is more hated than Mm. liked. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in the circles that we travel in at least. Um, but okay. So yeah, there you go. Mank is one of my nominees, of course, in this category. I just went with just five of my favorite movies, defy bloods, shit house, soul, and 
the vast of night is actually like a really good script. Um, yeah, and I that gets with, lost. Yeah. Yeah. I'm close with that one. I went, uh, uh, Jack Venture for make James Montague and Craig, a San, a Sang, Sanger for the vast of night, Thomas Vinterberg, Vinterberg and Tobias Lindholm for another round, uh, Cooper Rafe for shit house. Oh, oh, wow. You gave it to it. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. And Lawrence Michael Levine for black bear. Huh? Yeah. Tricky. Yeah, I know. Tricky, tricky, tricky. An interesting script. Mm-hmm. I think a very interesting script. He's going for it. Yeah, I and what did I say? I, yeah, okay. When when it came out, I said it's a better movie to think about than to watch. Right. Yes. Yeah. I think that's my hang up. Yeah. Yeah. But a good script. Very interesting. And you know, it's an interesting approach to narrative. Let's just say that. <laughs> I also almost went with another round there. Um, good movie. I'll talk about it in a second. Some more. Um, let them all talk, of course. Again, though, it's a mostly improvised movie, so I can't really give it screenplay. The Assistant is very good. Never rarely, sometimes, always. Palm Springs, I thought, had it like a pretty inventive script. Although, like, I think people I was, went a little too crazy for that movie. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, really? Is that really up there? And I was like, no, it's right. not, not quite. And I wanted so badly, so badly to put Malcolm and Marie on this list, but I just couldn't do it. I, I was thinking about that when <laughs> going over this list. I'm like, if that son of a bitch <laughs> honestly goes for that piece of shit, I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know why you can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your winner is bank. Yes, of course. I think it's mine too. Although defy bloods is, um, really good. Yeah. A really good. And I also think like a really great adaptation or, or like, um, sort of remix of a very familiar, um, sort of story, Hollywood mm-hmm. story. So, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I love that movie. Me too. Okay. Best actress. Okay. We can do best actress. The Oscars decided to nominate Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andra Day for the United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman, mm-hmm. Frances McDormand for Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. This is, I think, the most wide-open Oscar race this year. Uh, Francis won the BAFTA mm-hmm. two weeks ago. Andre Day won the United uh, won the Golden Globe for United States versus Billie Holiday. Viola Davis won the SAG Award. So those are like the three big uh, winners have all or big big three awards have all gone to different uh, winners. So we have no idea who's going to win. This. Yet Vegas lists Carrie Mulligan as the favorite. Mm-hmm. So it's very strange. I mean, she's really good in the movie, but yeah. That's an that'd be it, it would it's a weird pick, so I wouldn't have an issue with it. Yeah. I don't know. Who would you pick? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if anybody really screams out to me. That's the thing, yeah. That's I haven't thing. seen uh Billy Holiday or um or uh 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 whatchamacallit, that piece of a woman yet. I've not seen that. Okay. Um I heard pieces of a woman is a big downer. I heard it's just like a tough hang. Sounds like it. But I like a tough hang. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, re- I guess Viola Davis, I guess, is my favorite one. I mean, maybe I would give it to Carrie. That's the one that made the most, the, the, the greatest impression on me, I guess. That movie's weird. But it, it, that's the problem. It's such a strange, I, I don't know, cocktail of a movie. That's a weird movie where it's another one, like similar to Jillionaire, where it's like, I understand that this is a unique vision and I respect the unique vision, but you have something's to vi- not clicking totally no, no, with yeah, me. You have to vibe with it. It's yeah. as simple as that, you yeah. know? I get no, I get it. I mean, I I clicked with it pretty quickly, but I definitely had a few issues with it. I didn't think it was perfect, but it was. It's again, it is one of those movies where I see it, I'm like, I'm very interested to see what you do next, Emerald Fennell. Yeah. So, who are your nominees here? 
All right. There's a crazy one on this one. A crazy one. Pro- pro- it, it, it's the craziest nomination I've had. I only have one overtly crazy one. Hmm. Although I'm not sure it's that crazy because it's going to be on your list too, I think. That's your crazy... Oh, God. Not even <laughs> close to my craziest. <laughs> Try not to take it too seriously. Okay. Uh, so here we go. I'm ready for the heat. So we'll start with Evan Rachel Wood. Kajillion Air. I already brought that up. <sighs> yeah. Really good in that. Um... Haley Bennett for Swallow. I need to see it. Very, no, you would not like it. <laughs> <laughs> very uncomfortable performance. Very awkward, but such a sweetheart and such a tragic character at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, one of those you just want to hug her kind of characters. But at the same time, you're not sure if a hug is going to work. <laughs> you mm-hmm. don't know how to help this character. And she figures it out by the end of it. But how she how she gets to that conclusion is, oh, God. Oh boy. It's it very interesting. Another like difficult movie though. Mm. Uh really good though. Betty Gilpin, The Hunt. Also on my list. One of the most interesting uh uh performances I've seen in a while. Yeah, every choice she makes in that movie is different the, than the one that you would expect. And it's delightful. Yeah, it's, it's all delightful. It is. Like there is such a joy to it, but it, she's almost in a different movie, but in like the best possible way because that movie like isn't great on its surface. <laughs> I like the fact that she's in a different movie. Yeah, <laughs> no, 100%. <laughs> you know, like, like I, I, I don't know. She's aware, but like never turns to the camera aware. If right. That makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's the above it all quality that I like. It's like the, the reverse of, of, um, uh, uh, Zendaya. Right. You know, she just is a badass. <laughs> she doesn't have to prove it. Yeah. It's, she just makes a lot of very strange choices, but it's interesting. It really is compelling. You can't take her eyes off her. In no, that. for exactly those reasons. Every time you watch her, like, oh, what's she going to do? What kind of weird sound is she going to make? You know, or stupid expression. Yeah, that final fight um, is really, really interesting. The Hillary mm. Swank fight, because uh, Hillary Swank, I don't think is like really good in the movie at all. Um, and like you've seen that scene a million times play out. And the movie is like interested in subversion, but it doesn't really work unless you have someone like Betty Gilpin who like during this fight is just totally uninterested in the combat. No. Yeah. I and am. it's so cool. Like it really is a cool performance, you know? I agree. Yeah. No, not what I expected. I loved her so much. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorites in that, uh, Aubrey Plaza and black bear also on my list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here it comes. No, you'll like this. Okay. Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> oh, jeez. Princess Switch. <laughs> switched again. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> now you've gone too far. <laughs> now you've gone too far. You had me with Jim Carrey. And now you've gone too far. <laughs> that was a lot of characters she was playing. <laughs> she did play a lot of characters. She a lot of, there's a lot of work. A lot of work. <laughs> Oh, goodness. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, I wish I had the courage to go there. I did not. <laughs> did not even make my short list, if you can believe it. Uh, <laughs> <Jesus>. Vanessa Hutchins. <laughs> Just play a lot of characters, man. That's a lot of acting. A lot of acting. Uh, Betty Gilpin for The Hunt. Audrey uh, Aubrey Plaza, sorry, for Black Bear. Jesse Buckley for I'm Thinking of Ending Things. I remember you not liking that performance. Is that accurate? Yeah, I didn't care for it. Okay. Sydney Flanagan for Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. And Julia Garner for The Assistant. 
couldn't see that one. She's really good in it. Mm-hmm. Kind of a safe list, I think, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Um, my winner is Aubrey Plaza. So is mine. Okay. Aubrey. Go Aubrey. Man, she's doing a lot of acting in that one too, isn't she? It's an amazing performance. Yeah. Really good. High wire performance. Uh, one of those where it's like, oh, you can really act. Yeah. <laughs> I always knew she was a fine actress, but I didn't know she could like go there, you know? Yes. You are like going 130 miles an hour on a motorcycle while blindfolded and standing <laughs> on one foot. Yep. Like that's the type of performance that is. It's yep. so like it, out of this world insane. And it's not gaudy. That's the thing. Like that right. kind of trick you could look at and be like, yeah, okay, bro, fine. Right. Uh, but no, it's like, oh, that's the most amazing stunt I've ever seen. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, almost gave it to Meryl, but been there, done that. Uh, Elizabeth Moss for The Invisible Man and Shirley. Uh, that was another movie that came out earlier this year on Hulu. I was thinking about it. I didn't quite get there, though. Uh, Kristen Milioti in Palm Springs was quite good, I thought. Mm-hmm. And uh, Margot Robbie, Birds of Prey. Almost made the list. Good. Best actor. Your nominees. For the Oscars, at least. Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal. Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Tony Hopkins, The Father, Gary Oldman Mank, Stephen Yun, Minari. It's a good list, but it's missing one, and I nearly cried. Yeah, missing a big one. We'll get there. My list of nominees, I assume the one you're talking about, Delroy Lindo, Defy Bloods. Like, legitimately one of the best performances I've seen in the last 10 years. Yeah. I agree. Like legitimately an unbelievable people throw around the word Shakespearean a lot. This is a legitimately Shakespearean (laughs) performance with a MAGA hat. How the fuck do you pull that off? I have no idea. Kind of like one of those, like, like brings you into acting moments. That's one of those guys who or one of those performances rather where it's like you watch the movie and then you hear actors are, it's be like, I saw that movie. I wanted to do that. Yes. It's that good. Like, for a guy that has just been bouncing around in like bit parts and like I first saw him in the core. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know him from uh, the good wife spinoff, the good fight mm. on he's on CBS all access. That's his day job. Yeah. CBS all access. And he gives a performance here that you just didn't know he had in him. Yeah, I know. Didn't know that. Like you don't imagine many people have that type of performance in them. Like it is just dominant. Yeah. He's always the best in probably any movie he's in, though. That's the thing. In that, that crappy movie, The Core, like that I just yeah. said, where they're going into the, the center of the earth. Yeah. He's by far the best part of that movie. Yeah. And then, like, Clockers. Yeah. Oh, oh, my, my God. God. He's so good in Clockers. He's a, but, okay, the thing about Spike Lee movies generally is they're Spike Lee movies. And hmm. they, um, you know, you are sometimes a little showy. But he is always the star of his own movie. That's true. Not here. Like, this becomes a Delroy Lindo showcase, like, about halfway through. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, just clear out, man. Yep. Just clear out the lane. This guy's going one-on-one, and he is going to score on this mm. possession. Like, <laughs> amazing fucking performance. Yep. Mads Mikkelsen, another round. Yep. Always great. Same here, by the way. We're two for two. Uh, we're not going to overlap on these three. Don't worry. Are you sure? Yeah, and we're not. Uh, ben Affleck, the way back. Okay. I'm gone. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> okay. Nico's being Nico. <laughs> listen, man. Yeah. Listen. Sometimes you got to find your way back. Oh, oh do you? <laughs> <laughs> ben Affleck found his way back in this movie. You know, you may have left Arna, Ana de Armas this year, but, uh, Oh, what he found was a way back was a way back. <laughs> 
He drinks a lot of beer in that movie. Does he? Lots of beer. Oh, God. It's That's a, how you know that he's a drunk. You think he's a drunk in real life? Um, It's another one of those performances. I, and I'm half kidding, but I actually do think it's a good performance. Um, It is one of those performances where there is clearly a part of him in this mm. character, and that's why it works so well. Okay. Because he's not a great method actor, but like when he is playing himself, Ben Affleck fucking works. That's true. Um, and, you know, I love a movie about a basketball coach. What can I say? I know. I'm I know. a sucker. Uh, here's another one. Seth Rogen for an American pickle. I didn't see that one. Dual performance uh, sort of got dumped on HBO Max when that service launched. Um, the premise of that movie is based on a short story. I've heard about this one. Yeah. A a guy in like the 20th century. No, sorry. 19th century falls into a vat of pickles and is preserved for, uh, over a hundred years. Um, and then his like great, great grandson ends up reconnecting with him in present day. And Seth Rogen plays both of those characters. Um, he is legitimately good in this movie. It's like a, not like a, again, not a great movie, but, um, He's a, I think, good comedic performer and like an underrated actor. I mean, he definitely does play two distinct characters in it. All right. So it's it's a it's a good performance. Uh, and then I did it here. John David Washington, Malcolm Emery. Oh, that's not a good performance. <laughs> but OK. So what you want. Yep. Listen, did the I- thing about artists is that they're troubled. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're trouble. <laughs> Think about directors, man. Is that they're, they're a little trouble? <laughs> they got some issues. I know that. And I'm sometimes a, you have to. Yeah, you would know. I would. Yeah, I would. Exactly. <laughs> I fully get it. You know. <laughs> you know. Maybe, you know. Ha, ha, have a filter. You know. Edit your edit your movies. <laughs> have a little restraint. He's a movie star. That John David Washington. It's a good performance, but I would well, no, no. I shouldn't say that. I'm, I'm jumping back here. I, I keep getting confused with this movie. I will always get confused with this movie because. The script is so bad <laughs> and it's always hard for me to pin down whether it's the script's fault or the actor's fault. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, he reads that script. He does. The, the boy reads that script, that John David Washington. <laughs> Chip off the old block, that kid. Yep. Making mountains out of molehills, you know, lemons with lemonade. Oh, God, I wish he hadn't. I wish he had given Sam Levinson the finger and said, you know, Sam, why don't I change this 50 page monologue until <laughs> Maybe he should have written the movie. Yeah. Too. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> write the movie first. You know, you send me a PDF of the script. I don't actually have it in front of me. And yeah, this just never ends, man. I can't for, I can't remember this shit. Yeah. Why don't we make that to like half a page? Uh, you know? Interesting movie. I love it. Yeah. You love it. I do. You're a fucking freak. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love it in my own way. Okay. Yeah. It's because you hate it, but you know, it's a piece of shit. Okay. That movie. Uh, yeah. Delroy Lindo, of course. I'll just say that's my winner, by the way. It's, I assume it's yours. It's as my well. winner too, but I'll go down my list. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even close. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. So there's that. Here's where it gets a little weird. I love when he dances at the end of the oh, movie. So the good. So fucking wonderful. Best dance in a movie this year. Not even close. Oh yeah. I, I told you that. You're like this dance is going to rock your world. Oh, unbelievable. Uh, this is a little controversial, but I saw him as a lead personally. You know, I went Leslie Odom Jr. for best actor. Yeah. It's hard to pin down a lead in that movie. And since it kind of culminates with him, that's sort of where I fell on it. Yeah. He's the emotional center of it. Yeah. Okay. I don't hate it. Yeah. I mean, to the extent that there is a lead in that movie. Exactly. Would be the lead. Exactly. But you could say the same thing about Sasha Baron Cohen, I think. In- I guess. 
Yeah, yeah. Chicago exactly. 7. Exactly. Okay. And now we get a little chalk. I'm sorry, but Sean Parks, Mangrove. Yep. And John Boyega, Red, White, and Blue. It's my number two favorite performance. Great performance. Yep. Wonderful performance. And actually, um, the, the, the guy from Mangrove is great too. Oh my God. He's so fucking good in that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I thought you were going to go Lakeith here. Yeah, I, I yeah, maybe I want to swap one out. You want to go Lakeith? Because uh, I, I, I'm keeping Delroy. I mean, Delroy is the, the, the clear winner. I'll put Lakeith in for Rogan. Okay. <laughs> Actually, no, I'll put him in for John David Washington. Uh, okay. I'll okay. put Lakeith in there, but I won't give him the win. I'll keep Delroy as the winner. But um, yeah, I, I think Lakeith is actually low-key incredible in that movie. Um, and he is definitely the lead character, I think. Yeah. Hugh Jackman, Bad Education, Jesse Plemons, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, um, and Andy Samberg were all my runners-up, but uh, I stand behind my list. Uh, and I stand behind the fact that Delroy was snubbed majorly. That whole movie was snubbed majorly, man. I know. It didn't get shit. What did it get? <sighs> Best original score? That's yeah, it? that's it. That's it? That's the whole thing. Oh, my God. I mean, good. It's a good score, but, like, what the fuck? Crazy. And that one deserved 10 nominations. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> And like, that's such an Oscar movie. I know. It's a fucking war movie about current events. Because it's Netflix. I guess. That's it. Dude, fucking Spike Lee's the director. What are you doing? But they just gave him an award. That's the thing. I like. Dude, there's always <sighs> a stupid narrative agenda. Always, always, always. There's nothing we can do. What can you do? All right. Uh, best director. Yep. Your Oscar nominees. Thomas Vinterberg. Another round. David Fincher for Mank, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, who's probably going to win this award, and Emerald Fennel, Promising Young Woman. Your list, sir. Starting off, uh, Darius Martyr for The Sound of Metal. Okay. Andrew Patterson, The Vast of Night. Mm-hmm. Spike Lee, Defy Bloods. Never heard of him. Me neither. Uh, <laughs> Why would you nominate him? <laughs> it just sounded right. <laughs> oh, you mean the Knicks fan? Spike, oh, Spike Lee. Lee. Oh, I saw the guy at the Knicks game. Oh, I sat next to him. He was a cool dude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Steve McQueen, Lovers Rock. By the way, I should say I am dangerously invested in the Knicks right now. I'm becoming a Knicks fan. That's not good. Um, and I why look at, I look at myself in the mirror and I don't know who I'm seeing. Why do you do this to yourself? You can't do that, man. You can't be a Jets fan and a Knicks fan. I'm doing it. They're fucking good, and I'm jumping on the bandwagon. They are playing well. Their roster stinks, but they are playing their hearts out, and they're going to make the playoffs, and I'm going to be with them with my Julius Randle jersey every step of the way. I don't want to come into this room yeah. and and see you hanging here and see a sign that says Nico was here <laughs> on the ceiling, man. It's happening. It no. You're losing me. God damn it. It's happening. <laughs> whole, my whole life, 25 years I've avoided being a Knicks fan and now they've just when I thought I was out they they've pulled me back in, Adam. Oh god. That's that's your favorite Godfather movie. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really ashamed. <laughs> I'm I'm not happy with you right now. Why would you do this? <sighs> become a Knicks fan yeah the heart wants what the heart wants man so you, you, gotta be my true self you're, you, you know if I get any <laughs> I can't help it I'm just rooting for them I don't know what's happening it's not it was never a choice that I made 
I did not sit down one day and said, let's. I'm not uh, even a basketball fan. Let's you see what the boys at the Gardener are up okay. to these days. Okay. When a non-basketball fan is is imploring you to step away, you have a problem. They're the people's team, oh, my guy. God. They're the people's They're team. They're the people's team. They are. The Garden is roaring yet again. <laughs> it's the city of champions yet again, man. <laughs> Heroin. I watch them every fucking night, Adam. Yeah. Heroin's the people's drug too. That's true. That's true. That's so, good. You know. I watch them every <laughs> fucking night. I don't recognize myself. I watch like four quarters of Knicks games now. I sit down and wa- I don't like just check the box score. Like I watch the fucking <laughs> watch games. The game. This is a running gag in my house, or my or would used to be where my brother would just walk upstairs, and everybody in my house doesn't like the Knicks, but we would just fuck around and be like, "Is your brother a Knicks fan?" No, he's, he likes basketball enough, but uh, literally for no reason at all, we just talk shit about the Knicks. Uh-huh. So my dad, or no, my brother will be like, yo, dad, how are them Knicks? And then just be like, they're ass. <laughs> and then that's the extent of the conversation. <laughs> I Clearly, you haven't had that conversation recently. No, I guess not. <laughs> I guess not. It's all going to come crashing down like fucking Pompeii, man. It's going to be ugly. <laughs> and, uh, you better. And you don't want to be around me when, when the wreckage clears. I don't like this because I know you've put money down on some of these games. A few. So. They have some money on it tonight. Wait, it's like investing in Bitcoin, man. It's a bad <laughs> idea. Hey, how dare you? <laughs> it's going to fluctuate and you're going to. How dare you? You're going to regret it. Mm. <sighs> I need Nick here. Who's your fifth nominee? Fucking hell. Anyway, David Pryor for The Empty Man. Okay. Which it could honestly be the one of the better directed films on this list. Ah, uh, but it's a tough one. It's tough. Shaka King didn't make your list, huh? No, not quite. Okay. He made mine for Judas and the Black Messiah. Andrew Patterson, also uh, for The Vast of Night, talked about him. Spike Lee, also on my list. Defy Bloods. Uh, and then two others, Charlie Kaufman for I'm Thinking of Ending Things and Steven Soderbergh, Oscar producer for Let Them All Talk. Okay. My winner is Spike Lee. I'd like to split this one up because I think mine would be Spike Lee, but I think Andrew Patterson deserves a win. Okay. So I'll give it to him. Sure. Even though, yeah, you're probably right. It's Spike Lee. But you know something, Andrew, you did an amazing job. Yeah, no, I, I, a great cinematographer, I think, like, knows how to operate the camera. We'll see if he can work with actors. I mean, we don't know. Like, the, the stars of this movie were two, like, young children, essentially. They're um, great in the movie, though. They, they, yeah, you're right. They are really good in the movie, and the guy has a feel for dialogue, definitely. But, Even um, that old woman, that scene is just, oh, it gives you goosebumps. It's yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it's a good movie. Um, but I think Spike is just, uh, yeah. has unlocked something he has not unlocked in a long time. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Yes. Uh, Eliza Hitman, never really, sometimes always. Cooper Rafe for Shit House. Kitty Green for the assistant. Kelly Reichert, first cow. All my runners up. I yeah, basically same for me as well. Okay. Best picture. Oh, we've, we're already here. We're here. Holy crap! That's it. Yeah, the anti Oscars. It's time for the final award of the night. Here's John Travolta. <laughs> to mispronounce our names oh god uh the oscars nominated eight movies uh this year they were the father judas and the black messiah mank minari nomadland promising young woman sound of metal trial of the chicago seven this seems like a foregone conclusion nomadland is going to win this unless some shenanigans happen between I, now and sunday i think they might we'll see they could yeah i only did five okay yeah did you do eight? Uh, I did 10. I mean, you can go anywhere from five to 10, I guess, yeah. in this any given year. Um, yeah, okay. how, do you prefer what, the 10 or did you like it better when there were five? 
I don't really know. I mean, it's, I guess it's nice to get, have them included. It does make it a little messy, though. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I think I like a longer list. Okay. I, I think I prefer when we're talking about more movies. Yeah, yeah, I get that, too. And the way it used to be, it's like, okay, we're going to spend four months talking about Slumdog Millionaire mm. because there's literally nothing else here to talk about. So, you know, I, obviously, like, uh, you know, the father's not going to win anything. Sound of Metal isn't going to win anything. Um but at least it's cool to have them in the discussion, you know? I agree. Uh, okay, go ahead. Read your list. All right. So, Five Bloods, mm. Another Round, Lovers of Rock. Okay. So, did you nominate? No, not the others. Okay. But, I guess I could but have. But what did you do in director? Oh, uh, director? I did uh, McQueen. For Lovers Rock or yeah, for Lovers Rock. Okay. Lovers Rock. Got it. Uh, Wolf Walkers for Best Picture. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And finally, The Vast of Night. Okay. Yep. My list. Defy Bloods. Shithouse. <laughs> Soul. I'm thinking of ending things. The Vast of Night. Let them all talk. Another round. Never rarely, sometimes always. Bad Education. And The Assistant. Mm, okay. And my winner is Defy Bloods. Yeah, mine too. Okay. Wow, simpatico at the end there. Yep, yep. no, it makes sense. Uh, yeah, I haven't loved a, a, a Spike Lee movie this much since 23rd Hour, or 25th Hour, sorry. Yeah, same here. Um, and it just makes no sense to me why it's not there. It is, across the board, the biggest snub in all of these categories. Yes, so I agree. So. I think an appropriate winner at the anti-Oscars. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, that were, it's nice and poetic. Look at us. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, wasn't that hard? No. Yeah ourselves a round of applause this week every once in a while i come up with a good bit it wasn't bad yeah it's no godzilla pod but it's close (laughs) (laughs) uh we're gonna uh i think do this next year right yeah this should be a a running tradition i would rather do unless like we're that enthusiastic about the the nominees you know everyone's talking about the nominees though you know no one's talking about these nominees are they really talking about these nominees? <sighs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't think they care. I don't think they care at all. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure Mank Fever is sweeping the nation. <laughs> Doesn't seem like it anyway. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. Defy Bloods. Congratulations. Uh, let, let's actually read our winners one more time. I'll, I'll, I'll go down the list here. Um, my best cinematography anti-Oscar went to The Vast of Night. Adapted screenplay went to I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Original screenplay went to Mank. Best Supporting Actress went to Candace Bergen for Let Them All Talk. Supporting Actor went to Chadwick Boseman for Defy Bloods. Best Actress went to Aubrey Plaza for Black Bear. Um, actor went to Delroy Lindo for Defy Bloods. Man, Defy Bloods just swept my, my mm. anti-Oscars. Uh, Spike Lee wins Best Director for that movie. And uh, Defy Bloods takes home Best Picture. Not bad. Not bad. I'm sorry for my list here. It's It's completely fucking random so bear with me uh best cinematography went to the vast of night best actor went to delroy lindo uh for defy bloods best uh, original screenplay went to jack fincher for mank best adapted uh screenplay went to i think i did uh david Pryor actually for the empty man yep uh best actress went to arby plaza for black bear best director went to uh, Andrew Patterson actually for the vast of night best picture went to the five bloods. 
Um, best supporting actor went to uh, Arliss Howard for Mank. Great call. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and best supporting actress went to Charlene Swanky for Nomadland. Swanky. Yep. That's a podcast, Adam Hall. Hell yeah. Uh, next week, if you are a subscriber to the Criterion channel, I would recommend logging on and checking out the Gamblers collection just added this month. If you do not subscribe to the Criterion channel, this is a perfect excuse to do it. Next week, we're finally doing it. Gambling movies. Mm-hmm. My domain. You are about to enter. Uh, you're about to enter the culture in Adam I'm, Hall. I'm a little scared. You should be. Yeah, I know. <laughs> be afraid. Be very afraid. Uh, why are you doing this? The Hustler. <laughs> Color of Money. The Gambler. What else did I nominate? California Split. Mississippi Grind? I don't remember if you nominated that. Well, yes. California Split, Mississippi Grind, and Hard Eight. Okay. Those are your six movies. Uh, Four of them, I believe, are streaming on the Criterion channel right now. Uh, So do check that out and catch up. And uh, next week, we're talking about all sorts of parlays and teasers and over-unders and, you know, some some pretty crazy hands of Texas Hold'em. I'm excited. You should be. We didn't do Casino Royale, though, so notoriously bad poker scene. That's the only reason why it didn't make it. It is the most unrealistic poker scene in the history of film. Unrealistic, but I think it's a great scene. I just think it's a good scene in general. Yes, but would not make the cut um, for under it, this criteria. It needs to be a certain percentage of realistic. Yeah, I, I, we'll talk about it next week, but I think that there is, yeah. I think it's a really well done scene. I think it's great. Okay. But. Yeah, I, it's a pretty high bar for me. Okay. Love ya! So very, very much. Uh, Until next time. Don't watch the Oscars. Oh.